gospel reading for this morning comes from Luke's gospel beginning in the 24th chapter, and I'd like to back it up a little bit from what is in your bulletin to the 36th verse. And Luke wrote these things. While they were saying all this, Jesus appeared to them and said, Peace be with you. And they thought they were seeing a ghost and were scared half to death. But he continued with them, Don't be upset and don't let all these doubting questions take over. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. It's really me. Touch me. Look me over from head to toe. A ghost doesn't have muscle and bone like this. And as he said this, he showed them his hands and feet, and they still couldn't believe what they were seeing. It was just too much. It seemed too good to be true. So he asked, do you have any food here? And they gave him a piece of leftover fish that they had cooked. And he took it and ate it right before their eyes. And then he said, everything I told you while I was with you comes to this. All the things written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms have to be fulfilled. And he went on to open their understanding of the word of God, showing them how to read their Bibles this way. He said, you can see now how it is written that the Messiah suffers, rises from the dead on the third day. And then a total life change through the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed in his name to all nations, starting from here, from Jerusalem. You're the first to hear it and see it. You're the witnesses. And what comes next is very important. I'm sending what my father promised to you, so stay here in the city until he arrives, until you're equipped with power from on high. And then he led them out of the city over to Bethany, and raising his hands, he blessed them, and while blessing them, he took his leave, being carried up to heaven. And then they were on their knees, worshiping him. They returned to Jerusalem, bursting with joy, they spent all their time in the temple praising God. Yes. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? O oh Lord, as we gather in this sacred space, we become aware that we are in your life-giving presence active in our universe since the first moment of its existence. And we marvel at life, in our awareness, in our intelligence, in our ability to communicate. And we pray that the God in us would find generous and courageous expression in our words and actions as we attempt to make the reign of God evident in our community. So open our ears, our minds, and hearts to your word for us this day. Amen. Well, we meet in the middle of our Memorial Day weekend, and it is a time set apart, really, for memory. We're grateful for those who have given their lives in service to their country, who embraced a larger ideal and fought with their lives to preserve that ideal. And we are grateful for that commitment and we realize that we are the beneficiaries of it. We also pause to remember those who have walked the road of life with us for a time, 
but have now gone on to be fully in the presence of Jesus. Folks who have loved us on the way just as best they could. Folks who shared their knowledge and love of God with us, who laughed with us, cried with us, who knew our story in many ways, and who still contribute to the many ways those stories are being written. If we would just stop and think for a minute, I believe our hearts are full. It is a day when we remember goodbye. We all know that even small goodbyes can be heart-wrenching. How many of us have stood at airports or at train stations and kissed loved ones goodbye with tears and waves and fears? That kind of goodbye is present for us today in our scripture reading as Jesus spends one more last time with his disciples before his ascension. So let's review for a minute what has just happened over the last few weeks. Jesus was crucified, dead, and buried. We'll begin there. There can be no mistake about that. The Roman garrison whose business it was to do such things, they were very efficient. They knew when a person was dead. Those who'd been followers of Jesus and very close to him for the last three years knew he was dead. They'd been around watching in pain as their gentle leader said a few words from his lonely cross. And they watched as his body was taken down and their friend was carried away to a borrowed tomb. But their pain was more than the suffering of grief when someone close dies. Because their pain went to the very fiber of their being as Jews. For this Jesus they believed to be the Messiah, the Christ. He was the one sent from God to set them free once and for all from all of their oppressors. So their tears and suffering were for dreams torn apart, as well as for a man broken and beaten to death on a cross. That cross had essentially killed hope. And where hope dies, there is really no life at all. That cross took not just the man that they loved, but the one that they had bet all of their best futures on. But the story didn't end there, thank God. For first came the news that the tomb was empty and the good news that Jesus was not dead, but risen. And then there's that marvelous story where Jesus appeared to his two followers on the Emmaus Road and they didn't recognize him until he broke bread and gave it to them. And in that all too familiar act, they recognized it was him. And then the Gospel of Luke, which is where we find ourselves this morning, records his final appearance as the two who had seen Jesus on the Emmaus Road were telling their story back in Jerusalem. Jesus suddenly and unexpectedly appeared right in their midst. And Luke tells us that they were scared half to death. They thought they were seeing a ghost. After all, Jesus was dead. But then he showed them his hands and his feet. He said, touch me, look me over from head to toe. It was too much. It just seemed too good to be true. Well, while the disciples stood around open mouthed muttering, I can't believe it. It's him. I can't believe it. Jesus sat down and ate, and that sealed the deal. They'd seen him eat many times, and this indeed was Jesus. 
And as they gathered around him, Jesus began teaching again, and he used this last appearance to interpret his resurrection as the fulfillment of all of Scripture. And then, while blessing them, he took his leave, being carried up to heaven. And it's recorded that the disciples were on their knees worshiping him, and that they returned to Jerusalem bursting with joy. And here is my question. Doesn't that strike you as odd? Doesn't it seem odd? Because these were the folks who were thrown for a huge loop by the events of Good Friday. And here they were about to lose their great and faithful friend again, this time forever. Why would they be happy about that? But this ascension goodbye, it's different. It's focused more on Jesus' return to God than on the disciples' own separation anxiety. A sense of parting, of losing that which they had so joyfully just found again, seems inevitable, really. Yet Luke doesn't mention tearful farewells, last-minute pleas for Jesus to stay just a little bit longer, or a numbing sense of grief setting in afterward. Rather, Luke writes that they returned to Jerusalem bursting with joy, and that they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. So why was this parting so different well, just before the ascension, Jesus turns to his followers and says, I'm sending what my father promised to you. So stay here in the city until he arrives and you're equipped with power from on high. Do you see the difference this time? Jesus left them with a promise that they could hold on to in the meantime. True, he had promised and predicted before his death that he would rise again, but they didn't hear him. Of course, the arrest and what followed was so terrible, and the prospect of resurrection just so wild and ridiculous, so bold and really unthinkable that they either rejected it or just never really understood it all in the first place. But this time, they heard the promise that was given, and it refilled them with hope and excitement. And maybe we can understand this in our own human way as well. Have you ever had someone go away for a time, but they leave you with something to remember them by? It's like the object which is left, a picture, a shirt that carries the scent of the person's favorite perfume or cologne, a favorite object of that person. It's like that object makes the person present there, even when they are absent or far off somewhere. And that object not only reminds us of the person, but it also serves as a comforting reminder of his or her return. It helps to bridge the absence. And the promise given to those first believers did the very same thing. Jesus comforted the disciples with the promise of his spirit who would clothe them in power from above. And when that spirit came, they were to be about the work of the kingdom, which is, of course, what all of us should be about until he comes again. So as followers of Jesus today, we continue to get power and comfort from the promise that he made. And through the Spirit's power in word and sacrament, Jesus is with us. And while we're still looking for his return and the fullness of the kingdom the world so badly needs, we know that we can experience glimpses of it as we hold on to that gift, or should we say as the gift holds on to us in the meantime.
So this ascension goodbye is a promise of the Spirit. And it's that promise that empowers, sustains, and gladdens us in his time of kingdom preparation between his ascension and his return in glory. So this Memorial Day, as we revisit those rooms of remember, may we hold on to the goodbye that is the end of the beginning. For our story and the stories of those who have walked with us for a time, continue to spin out, empowered by the Spirit from on high, preserving moments of love and grace shared that never ever die. Indeed, they just slowly and consistently and surely change the world. To God be the glory. Amen.